As Gen AI reshapes industries, understanding and leveraging its capabilities is no longer an option, it's a necessity. And that's exactly why at Hatchworks, we developed our Gen AI Innovation Workshop. In this workshop, we immerse you into a full day of learning, hands-on ideation, and building. We hit foundational concepts and show you how they relate to your domain. Then we develop actual use cases for your business and your industry. And we even build a custom GPT based on the use cases we define. Check out the link in the show notes or visit hatchworks.com to get started today. Welcome to Built Right, a podcast by Hatchworks where we help you learn to build the right digital product the right way. In each episode, we'll deconstruct the layers of successful product development, break down popular trends, and offer real advice to help make sure your product is built right. We may not have all the answers, but we've built a lot of digital products across a lot of industries, and we've seen a thing or two. Let's get into it. Today, we're chatting with my friend, Andy Moet, CEO of Gated, and we're going to go deep into the land of product strategy today through the lens of Andy's experience in building Gated, as well as some past experience at big name companies that you all will recognize. But before we jump in, Andy, would love for you to provide a brief intro, you know, who you are, what do you do, some of your past experience to kick us off. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Great to see you. Um, I historically have scaled companies up to, you know, large scales, uh, taken Upwork, Box, and most recently CultureAmp, um, kind of to unicorn status. Um, periodically, I start something from scratch, and uh, I'm doing that right now. I'm running Gated. Uh, gated, you know, the original product takes unknown email out of your inbox and challenges people to think like, hey, is your attention worthwhile? And as we talked about, uh, we had we're launching in a couple of weeks, which probably is launched by the time we talk here, um, our new That's platform, right. which is helping people take control of their attention on all platforms. So we'll, we'll dive into that. Yeah, so excited to get into this. And there's some nice kind of meaty piv pivots along the way throughout the journey, kind of leading to this uh, new gated uh, 2.0 here. Uh, but I want to start with, you know, a meaty kind of meta question here. And how would you define strategy? This is such a, I think, a nebulous question sometimes. And feel free to kind of jump into examples from past experience. But how, in your mind, what is what is strategy? I think it's being as clearly focused on a single problem or opportunity as possible. Um, mm. For us, when we're building a tool that anybody can use, it's understanding user behavior really well and then figuring out how to do that. It's, you know, and this kind of goes counter to my approach, but our CTO Alan is very passionate about it, which is it's understanding what's the problem you're trying to solve versus yeah. the features and then yeah. figuring out how do you deliver the right solution to that problem. Yeah, it's perfect. It's that element of choice, right? And making a decision and being deliberate about where you're going. Uh, and I, that's missed so many times, I think, in strategy. That's what I love about, you know, Gated. You're very focused in who you serve and, uh, which what you're doing there. Another element, though, that I love about Gated is this element of the, the manifesto yeah. and kind of your view of the market. And it kind of encap encapsulates your strategy in a sense in this kind of narrative format. But with, I would love to you kind of give your overview, your take on leveraging something like that to help kind of convey your strategy. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we spent a couple months iterating on the manifesto. I mean, if people haven't seen mm. it, com slash manifesto. I think it helps people understand what the company's trying to accomplish. And I think, I mean, you probably, I don't know when you encounter a manifesto versus when you first learned about Gated, but mm-hmm. I think if you're like, okay, it's just a tool, um, you, you're kind of like, do I need the tool or not? But I think a lot of people have also really gravitated towards like, the change we're trying to bring in the world, which is like <laughs> communications, less noisy, more personal, and all of those things. So mm-hmm. for me, I think with the original manifesto came from the concept of not everyone can use our original email product, but everyone should believe in the mission we're trying to accomplish. I think as we launch this new platform, literally anyone can use it, which is fun. Um, and so we're we're rethinking the manifesto, but just small tweaks. But you know, it doesn't fundamentally change. But it it guides the decisions we make on the product, and so we mm-hmm. take it very seriously. And it's not a here's three bullet points on a web page. It's like it's an yeah. interactive kind of flowing manifesto. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It, it puts your stance, your viewpoint in the market. And you mentioned like how it. Found out about I'm a great a user of Gated now. I love it. Uh, I remember I saw you know put something out there around noise canceling headphones for your your email, and that kind of just clicked for me. It's actually how we kind of first engaged and interacted, uh, but it, it just clicked, which is awesome. But I want to get into Gated, and this is a really interesting story of where y'all first started and where you're moving towards. So we'd love maybe start start there with the. Uh, where did Gated originate? You know, where did you kind of first come up with this idea? And then we can kind of get into where where it's going, which I think is really the exciting spot. You're lo- you're learning from customer behavior as you go and talking to customers and kind of iterating on the product. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've sent billions of emails. I've caused a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of your listeners are sitting there saying, "God damn it!" All those emails. Like, I think I've sent push send on like 8 billion emails or my team. Yeah. Right. And so we're all guilty, right? I know all yeah. the hacks. Um, I was sitting there at a series E company and I was just getting blown up. Um, and I wake up every morning and I was the buyer for a lot of tools. And so people would ping me and I was just like, God damn it. Like this stuff's irrelevant most of the time. And so yeah. I wrote an email and said, I don't know you. Here's my Venmo. If you want to Venmo me 10 cents, I'll pay attention to it. And I mean, I threw on my nonprofit. It was like, hey, if you want to donate to my nonprofit. But people started donating. Like they started donating like 10 bucks, 20 bucks off a 10 cent ass. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is interesting. I gave it to a lot of friends and they're like, man, this changed my email inbox. Um, so that's the original product. I think what we've learned in the so we've got tens of thousands of users that are using it and passionate. Yeah. But I think we've also. And I want to pause there real quick, Andy. Just on that point, super interesting. Just for the audience, like the key thing I get from that is you noticed a pain point in the market, and versus kind of going into a hole and you know trying to build something out for months on end, it's like the the best example of a prototype. You well, just I, put your Venmo in an email and you kind of enter into this. And yeah, exactly, I, yeah. so I built the first version in Airtable, and, and well, actually, I built the first version. I just sent my demo link. Then I was yeah, like, exactly. Working. Then I built it in Airtable and Zapier. Then I like, yeah. hired a young kid to like code it up. And then I finally was like, okay, I need to get some actual developers. Um, yeah. And you know, it's it, and so I it was more just a side hobby for a while until people started mm-hmm. like, hey, like, can you help me? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that was a 
it was a lot of fun, but I, I wasn't looking at it as like, what's the market problem? I'm more looking at like, what's bugging the crap out of me? Yeah, I love, it's such a good point. It's like solve your own problems. It's such a good starting point. And you had this hypothesis of, okay, maybe this could be a mechanism to do that. And you did it in an early kind of quick iterative way. Uh, it's such a great, you know, just lesson for folks out there building digital solutions. You know, start there, start small, start to iterate. Uh, but yeah, so you, you're at this point, you're starting to get some traction with this initial kind of idea or iteration of gated. So what, what comes next from there? Yeah. So we, we, as I said, we've got like tens of thousands of users using it, loving it, but I think we, you know, our vision is how do we change the world of communication? And mm. I think the insight we've had in your user of the original product is there are people that can afford to just turn off the noise in email, but most of us can't. Most of us need mm -hmm. to live in that noise, see that opportunity. And so our new platform is focused on helping people surface the right conversations out of the noise. So our fundamental thesis is this on the new platform. Um, it's hard to filter email after it's been sent. And everyone lines up and they just, I'm talking not just email, but email, LinkedIn, DM, Slack messages. Um, and you know the problem is everyone can reach you on all these places they some places are like oh you've got to be connected to me to reach people but like we all get the linkedin invite it's random that we don't know and we have to deal with this mm -hmm. um, so our thesis is instead of letting people just blow you up let's guide people to engage around the topics that you care about so yeah. we believe you should be as available as possible for the things you want to talk about um, and the rest of the stuff, no. And so we yeah. are building a universal link. Um, so you can get gated.com slash Matt if it's not taken. If it is, we can talk about mm. this call. And I got to get that one early, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it's not, I'll give it to you. And if um, not, we can get you a page or something like that. Um, and so you get that and you can we can help you articulate what you're focused on, keep it updated, and then let people that want to communicate with you around those things regardless of whether you're linked into them or connected to them or whether they have your email or anything, be as available as possible mm. for the right opportunities. Yeah. And the rest of the stuff, people got to go figure out a different way to reach you. And so that's what we're building. And that's what Gated is all about going forward. Yeah, it's such a real pain point out there in the market. A lot of ways we like to think about it, kind of the you know person that's uh, brought this out into the world, the Marty Kagan thinking around valuable, viable, and feasible. You know, you're hitting that valuable point head on because I know everybody listening has experienced this, especially our product and engineering folks who get inundated with emails they could care less about. Uh, mm -hmm. One interesting thing, though, you know, this is not something that's just commonplace. You know, you could even argue this is more kind of category creation lens, but what you're combating, I feel like in a lot of ways is just the status quo. You know, they've always done it this way and you're looking to break a habit, which is difficult. I think it's it's probably one of the more uh, under considered things when you're building a solution that's driving a change in habit. How do you actually go about driving that change and getting people to adopt it when it's something maybe a little more foreign or unknown to them? Yeah, I think you gotta, you know, you gotta, we kind of talk about creating the cultural moment. So when we're launching, whether this podcast drops before or after that, um, you gotta wake people up and be like, whoa, that's interesting. That's different, right? With 
the original yeah. email product, people are like, wait a second, like I'm getting this email when I sent you an email because I don't know you. It's forcing me to think. I think with this new one, we won't be like interrupting the flow of communications more way for like the good stuff to rise above it. Mm. But you know, we're we're launching with you know tons of leading people that are sitting there saying, like, when you ask me, Matt, like Andy, how can I help you? I'm not doing a good job of articulating that right now. So we if we can put that on everyone's LinkedIn profiles, put it in people's emails. We can start to people be like, hey, what is this thing? And I see all of the other people like Matt articulating really well now what he's interested in and how I can help him. Mm. Like, how do I get that? So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like we're pushing the bounds of communication, but I think rather than there's a better world out there, right? Which is I show up and I see you and I figure out like email, LinkedIn, DM, Slack, whatever. And I'm like, Here's what I want to send, or even worse, here's mm-hmm. what the AI tool that I use decided that it wants to send. Yeah. Copy and paste that. And so yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like we're taking a big swing at communication, and we think that there is a better way, which is let's be, you know, it kind of comes down to the, in, I don't know if you've seen it, but like the concept of a, how do you want to engage? How do I want you to engage with me? And yeah. we're helping our users articulate that, right? Like I always love, I've written my own user manual. Um, or like, how do I? Mm, I love that. And there's, you know, it's like when you join a company, you know, like here's here's our norms, here's how we work, here's how we want to engage. And so I think that concept of like, let's just not be punching bags for somebody else, but let's have our own gate that helps people understand how we want to engage and on what topics I think becomes mm. interesting. And so hopefully people listen to this like, get excited about that vision for a better world of communication and go, go get your gated profile. It's uh, it's free. Um, I think over time, people are like, well, how are you going to make money? On the original product, we charged um, the sender side. Here, I think we see, you know, if we can change communication the right way and create the value, there's lots of fun ways to power features for power users type of thing. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's not, you know, maybe the traditional two-sided marketplace type of solution, but providing those kind of rules of engagement doesn't just serve you as the person that people are trying to reach out to. It also serves the person trying to do the outreach. Like think of how more, you know, optimized, I guess their outreach can be if they know who they're reaching out to and kind of understanding how they want to be engaged, what they're interested in. So you're kind of serving both sides of the market. You kind of have your core user over here, but that person performing the outreach is very much probably in your consideration set, I'm sure, as you're building out gated. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, with the original product, it was all about like how you stop people selling you things. Here, I think it's like, yeah. how do you actually get the people that are maybe in your peripheral tangential network to like know how mm-hmm. they can help you, right? Like there are probably yeah. people you're trying to meet every day, right? Like for me, I look at it as like, I, in addition to like my core day job, like I love helping like high, like revenue leaders that are trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and things. And like, if I, you know, if there's a half an hour call, like, I love helping you help vice versa. Like, how do we help each other? And so I think there's a lot of those conversations we're all trying to have that we haven't articulated well. And so like, you know, you and I haven't chatted in a little while and I don't even know like what are the types of people you'd want to meet and, and all that stuff. So I think there's, yeah, it's the salespeople, which is kind of the original product, but we also like forcing salespeople to pay, like only creates so much value, right? Like they're still trying to sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. helping people understand the topics you want to connect on mm. is a much more powerful plan. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's deeper than just kind of this transactional type of piece. It's like, how are you, you know, 
meeting and growing and working and networking with other people. It's, it's more than just kind of the transactional level. Uh, yeah. I love when, that. When I go on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I know who Matt is. I know yeah. what Matt's done, but I don't know what Matt wants to connect on and talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's perfect. One piece that's really interesting, this ties back to strategy and good strategy. And I heard you mention it. There's been this change in the market very recently, this, you know, uh, rise of generative AI. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just changing things in terms of making it even that much more easy for people to spam, reach out to folks and just go crazy with it. And I think that's an element of good strategy is when you can tie what you're trying to do to a change in the market, an inflection point in the market. And I think that's an interesting piece. Maybe maybe speak on that some, just the element of strategy and being able to leverage market trends and things going on. Yeah, I kind of see three major trends that we're thinking about. Yeah. One is the proliferation channels, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. you need to join this Slack group, um, this Discord channel. Um, you got to be on TikTok now or whatever it is. And so yeah. you've got to, to be able to be successful, like you keep getting pulled to more channels. Every single channel is dying, right? Like it's mm-hmm. AI will kill every single channel um, over time. Like if you're not overwhelmed by LinkedIn, you soon will be. Um, yeah. And the, then the final one that's really been the most nuanced for us is the barriers to reach you are being mm-hmm. shattered, right? So every morning you wake up, you get like a couple to maybe for me, it's like 10 or 15, like LinkedIn invites from people I don't know. Um, and I got to decide, do I want to accept them and have them live in my DMs forever? Or do I yeah. want to ignore them? And it's like that whole concept, that's a really interesting one we spent a lot of time thinking about, which is it doesn't feel like the right way to decide, do I want to have a conversation? Like I haven't decided mm-hmm. if I want to let you in forever, right? And so I think LinkedIn's kind of like <laughs> it's an interesting trend where it's become more of a social graph than like actually people you know. And yeah. that's, that yeah. is, um, it's hurt them, but it's, it's it's just changed the world. So we spent a lot of time thinking about like, what are those trends and then how do we, take it how do we position our product in the right way yeah you know the other piece i heard you touch on too this focus of building the experience and a product users love versus the focus on monetization mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that especially early on uh in terms of trying to get scale and all of that you know you want to create a viable business that's got to be part of the the roadmap in some way but what's your your take on that yeah i've learned a lot on that one um Mm-hmm. I think we got a bed with Upwork and Box and all those. I'm sure, yeah, right? Past I mean, experience. I think it's interesting. Like we've, you know, we went. We have a very interesting model with our original product, right? Which is users get it for free. We take a percentage of the sender donations, and everyone mm-hmm. was fine for that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, that is it's a very innovative revenue model, uh, and it works. As we move to the new one, like that model doesn't apply as much. And so what I look at is. I guess I'm in it to change the world. And I think if you can change the world, there are a lot of interesting ways you can make money on it. At the same time, mm-hmm. like I'm conscious there are products like Loom, right? Like it's my favorite example. I freaking loved Loom. You know, there's a yeah. hundred million people use the damn thing. And then they they got their pricing model and they were like, okay, now you're using it infinite and we got to roll that back. And yeah. I think a lot of people were pissed off and looking for alternative solutions. And so... I think the way we think about monetization is first job, make sure people use it, love it, and can drive mm-hmm. change. 
Second job is like how you pay, how do you make this thing viral, right? So you can go change the world. And then if we're providing value to people, and I think that the, so we've really defined very early of like what are the values with this new product that we can create? And we look at it as kind of three things. And I was just pulling up on my side. Like one is, you know, and the in this order and in this like sequence of can mm-hmm. we help you articulate the topics you care about and keep them current? Um, yep. I think that's a subtle thing, but it's you know, it's hard to keep current. You go on your LinkedIn or your, you know, your GitHub or whatever, and you're like, this was me two years ago, or I've, I've never updated this thing. Um, can we give you peace of mind of not checking other channels? And can we help you make like new and valuable connections? If we can do those things, I think there'll be a subset of people that will value it enough to pay for it or we are they okay if I I'm using it for these things, can I get this one additional feature? So I think I look at it as you have to have a philosophy. And this is what we've been talking about in terms of the philosophy of what would be paid mm. in the future and what would not. And yeah. So like not dumping everything out there of every feature on day one, like keeping it very narrowly focused. Like I looked at a tangential comp and I was like, man, they got everything. Like it's and and so I think it's how do you keep a very, very simple solution that's focused on one use case versus like everything under the sun. And then you know, yeah. need to bring additional functionality and charge for it versus like trying to real functionality back, which is when mm-hmm. we like loomed it. And I think it went down pretty badly. And an interesting point you mentioned, I was chatting with the uh, CTO of Hockey Stack the other mm-hmm. day on one of our Built Right episodes. And they hit this inflection point. They built this product and they're doing their customer research, which is something y'all do an awesome job at Gated. But they had this insight where the person was like, I don't want to use 90% of this solution, but this 10%, this is what I need. And they actually cut the bloat out of the product, created hyper-focus in this one area, and it just drove a lot of their growth. Mm. I heard you mentioning kind of focusing in on kind of core use cases, um, kind of a super interesting area there. But one thing y'all do at Gated though, I always see you out there wanting to talk to more customers, more users. Yeah. How do you weave that into your process? It's such a big thing we do at Atrix with continuous discovery, but I think you're one of the better <laughs> at it, especially you know, leading a company as a CEO. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. That is, I've got an article on my LinkedIn profile about it. I can um I can drop it um to see. I, I call I, we, yeah, we need to put it in the show notes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll send it to you. But it's a customer advocacy playbook. Like mm-hmm. I I think I look at it as and first off, the product has way like interesting moments of joy and excitement. Uh, and then mm. we can build little things off of it. I'm like, awesome, you got this really, you know, we, we saw a $250 donation off a $2 ask last week. We're like, yeah, hey, that's that's pretty cool. Like, and we can reach out and we can talk to people. And so I think it's like ensuring the product where there's opportunities to connect with users. Uh, and then mm. building the motions to be able to do that. So I don't know when you and I first connected, but you probably like had a fun donation or something or like one of our team was like, hey, yeah. Matt, you know, congrats. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then you're like, you know, you ideally the product creates joy and then you can start a conversation around that. And, you know, I'll be candid, like we've templatized some of those things, right? I yeah. have this fun thing where if I see an interesting person make a donation through our, you know, just feeds through Slack all day long. And if I'm like, wow, that one was cool. I'll, Drop a note, be like, need to see your donation via gated. And people be like, oh my God, I love this thing. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I think I literally have a, a follow-up feedback, which is awesome. Thanks so much. Like, we love feedback. Um, 
you know, do you have anything that you'd improve, right? And people like, yeah. you know, you bring them in, you draw them in, and then you can turn them into advocates. And so there's a lot of, I don't know where I developed it, but I'm really passionate about engaging customers. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a balance to it too, right? Like you want your product to do that all. And so, you know, we haven't built that all into the original product. And, you know, on day one, we're not going to build all into the other one. So it's like the, how do you, so this is what I've spent a lot of my career on, right? Which is how do you use data in product? Yeah to trigger the right team actions and then over time like mm-hmm. with technology and ai you can start to automate more and more of those things yeah i don't want to pause pause there anybody passively listening right now this is your indicator to 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 heighten your senses but the piece you did there you identified these triggers in you know your user's journey and you systematized actually talking to those users so you you've almost built this operating model or system for continuous discovery, which is a great way to do it because everybody says they want to talk to customers. But if you don't consciously think about it, it'll fall to the wayside with everything going on. So that is critical. I think you've identified at what points, what inflection points are great opportunities to talk to customers and learn. And you built a kind of a system around it. It doesn't have to be, you know, some over-engineered thing, but you have these inflection points. So that's super interesting there. Uh, maybe the last point uh, to get into here, you, you start, you're making this pivot in essence with gated. Mm-hmm. How do you think in terms of making a pivot? What, what is that? What's going through your mind where you, you decide, okay, we got to make a change. You've probably been through some pivots in your career in the past. Uh, is there any similarities you've seen through them when a pivot's ready to happen? You know, different things happening at the same time. Uh, anything around a pivot in general that just kind of triggers in your mind where it's it's more than just kind of a small tweak, it's something foundational. Yeah, it's interesting. Like generally I am growing companies really rapidly, right? And my sweet spot's mm-hmm. like five million to hundred million in sales. Like this is a little earlier stage than I've played before. Um, I think for me it's more like if you see the friction in the growth motion, which you know, for us, I think we've built a product that people love. Yeah. But it's, you know, not everyone can sign up for the original email product. And so what we said is, can we change the world? And if we can't with the original products, like we're still going to keep it mm. over here. But like, what could we, like, we're always thinking of like, how do we get this to go to millions of people and drive that impact? And so yeah. I don't think I've come across the pivots before on the product side. I think I've definitely encountered other things where like, Okay, like we're not growing fast enough. What else? What other products can we add? But I think here, mm-hmm. I guess I would say is I'm conscious you can't like keep adding to the product bloat. And so we're very yeah. much like on that day in mid-May, the new platform will be our focus. And yeah. that's really important. Um, and you know, the existing platform will be there for the original users. We're not gonna kill it. But um mm. that, that I think so for me it's being comfortable making those shifts. Um, if you took it maybe a step, like every company I've ever been at has struggled with, we can't ship more stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's like hire 10 more engineers, you get no more, no more growth, uh, no, no more product features. And so I remember I was talking to this dude at Facebook. I was like, man, you guys are constantly innovating. And this was like eight years ago, right? And he's yeah, like, yeah. what's your secret? It's like, we make the hard calls. And mm. 
So I was like, okay, give me an example. He's like, you know, Messenger. At the time, I actually still use Facebook. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. freaking hate how now I have an app for Facebook and an app for Messenger. And he's like, I know. We knew it would piss some people off. But by doing that, we got the ability to move a lot faster with both products. And mm. so what I've seen consistently within companies is they're afraid to make the hard decisions. Um, and, yeah. you know, in my historical world, it's like go to market changes. And I think within product, which I've always been partnered deeply with the product, it's the hard architectural decisions, right? So everyone wants to make mm -hmm. everybody happy. They do. It's like, let's add this feature, this feature, this feature, but no one's saying, okay, like we have to kill stuff. And I think yeah. that very few companies have that architect slash product person that's empowered to make those hard calls. And that's exactly what we're doing here, right? Which is we built a product yeah. that people absolutely love. You know, I think we send like 700,000 challenge emails a month and like the world knows about us. Um, mm -hmm. And we're going to blow it all up to change the world in an even bigger way and bring a new platform. And you just hit on one of the core elements of strategy right there. It's being willing to make those hard decisions and many aren't. And that's where people fail. That is so core to strategy is being able to do that. So hats off to y'all for doing that. And the other thing I heard too, is it tied back to where you wanted to go, tying back to the manifesto, the impact you wanted to make. And you realized we can't do that with where we are today. So we need to make a change. So it, it ties back to that thread of where you want to go, what you want to do. And it's just the core elements of strategy being executed. Really nice. I'm really enjoying the journey here. The last last question for you, Andy. Uh, I'd like to finish up on this one. What's something you wish you knew sooner? Something you could go back in time and tell your former self? And I'll leave this open-ended. You can take it anywhere you want, whether it's on the product side, engineering side, a go-to-market side. What's one thing that uh, you would tell your former self? With Gated, I think what it would be would be we saw massive early user love. And we're like, great, hire. I think in retrospect, I would hold back on hiring. And I see this across the board. People are like, let's hire a huge sales team or let's hire a huge this or that. I think I would have held back on the hiring until we were like, we literally can't deal with the deluge. Um, mm. Because then I think it would have given us the ability to like iterate faster and, and all that stuff. And so for us, you know, we probably staffed up early for the growth. Um, we definitely had some, but we didn't have like millions and millions of users on the original product. And so I think for mm -hmm. us, as we approach the new one, we're like, how lean and mean can we be? Um, yeah. And for as long as we possibly can. And yeah. so that's, I think it's a, it's also like the world has changed, right? Like two years ago, like when we raised money and when every company raised money, it was like you had infinite capital. And yeah, it was available, I, I right? This across the board. I see it on product. I see it on inch. I see it on sales teams. I see it. And I think the world is changing now. Will there be another mad rush of this in a couple of years where everyone's like, go spend it as much as you can? <laughs> Probably, yes. Um, yeah. But I think it's a discipline that I took away for sure. Yeah, I love that. So it's almost go lean and mean until it's painful or until it hurts. Until you know, it's, it's, yeah. You got to have that pain point, right? Yeah. That's great. Well, Andy, I appreciate the conversation today. Thanks for joining Built Right. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Matt. Great talking. I'd say uh, last thing I would say is... Uh, yeah, where can people find you? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, that. Where can people I'm, find you? How do they find Gated? 
Gated.com. Um, you know, we, you can go there, you can find it, um, over in kind of mid May, new products will be available. Um, and, uh, be, you know, check out the website. And, uh, if you, people want to email me, um, you can Andy at gated.com. Uh, and you know, you'll, if, if you don't know me, you'll still get an ask for a donation. Yeah. And I'm a user of gated. One of the early adopters of it. Love the product. Can't wait to see where it's going next. So y'all definitely check this tool out. It's a great one. Gated.com. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for listening to Built Right. If you enjoyed the show, give us a follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a review. For more info on Built Right, visit us at hatchworksbuiltright.com. Big news, season two of the Built Right Podcast is right around the corner, launching on February 6th. And in this season, we're going all in on generative AI. The guest list is insane, ranging from international AI speakers, founders of Gen AI products, experts in specific domains of Gen AI, and leaders across industries. And we'll even have some Hatchworks own Gen AI leaders as we dig into our generative driven development methodology. This season isn't just for non-techies though. Whether you're an AI guru or just AI curious, we're gonna bring tactical real world applications of how you can apply Gen AI in your work and your life that anyone can understand and relate to. And P.S. Gen AI will impact every single industry. So no matter your domain, you need to make sure you set a reminder every other week to listen to the next episode of the Built Right Podcast. While you're waiting for season two, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And give us a follow on LinkedIn to join the conversation and give us ideas on specific Gen AI topics you want to hear about. So get ready. Built Right Season 2 Gen AI Edition is coming your way.